0: From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks. The show that gives you the real time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of the season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson. You probably see me talking football on your TV screen. I played in the league for a decade and did my fair share of interviews, but Uninterrupted didn't exist back then. That meant we needed the media to share our opinions on the game that we love. But that's changed. Now athletes can do it right here on 17 Weeks. And we have three of the best guys in the league for the entire NFL season. Here's who we got. Strong safety, Jamal Adams of the Seahawks. I just wanted the respect. I wanted you guys to, to respect me in a sense. And come on, bro, like I'm trying to build something here. Wide receiver, Emmanuel
1: Sanders of the Saints. Gotta get me a platinum grid. Cause I got tired of looking at Mike and Alvin Kamara smiling on the sideline, and they was just blinding me. I told him, I was like, Mike, where you get your, where you get your, uh, your grill from? He said, Johnny Dang. I'm, I'm about to reach out to Johnny Dang. And tight end Eric Ebron of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: I had my dance if I scored, he had his dance if he scored. It didn't hit me until he started doing it, and I completely trashed it up. It's like one of my first trash touchdown celebration dances. (laughs) I'm trying to figure it out, because I I went in there and just trashed it up.
0: (laughs) Before we get to this episode, quick timeout. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and share the show too while you're at it. All right, let's get to the episode. All three men were psyched to tell us about their week one matchups, what they're focusing on for week two, and eager to weigh in on some of the other headlines around the league. Each of our co-hosts changed jerseys this season. Jamal Adams and his new team, the Seahawks, defeated the Falcons 38-25 in ATL. Jamal was a beast. Taking down Matt Ryan for his first sack as a Seahawk and leading the team with 10 solo tackles. What a way to make a first impression. Yeah man so
3: Sunday was uh the uh brand new start for new life should i say a uh, new career you know obviously a new team a lot of emotions should i say uh going into it 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 feels damn good to start off the season with a with a big win we turned it on you know what i mean it was it was something that was really really special to see Um, And the energy was there on both sides of the ball. You know, Atlanta brought the energy. We brought the energy. And we were just going back and forth, like throwing jabs, whatever the case may be, man. And it was, we're having so much fun out there. And this group is a special group. And we see it. We really can see it. It's like one big family. You know what I mean? And we obviously all believe in one goal. I think that's what it's about, man. When you can do that and you can build something special um, and have the trust of your teammates.
0: Um, I think the sky's the limit for this organization, man. Jamal Adams had a very public departure from the Jets. How's he feeling about the change of coast now that the dust has settled? I haven't told too many people this story,
3: but like it was really a dream come true because the Friday before I did get traded, I was stressed. And I knew that it wasn't right with the Jets and I. I knew it, it, knew it wasn't right. As bad as I wanted to stay and as bad as I wanted to create my own legacy and and and. and Try to build something, and you know, try to try to bring a championship to New York. It was hard, man, and I felt like a lot of the times the the weight was on my shoulders. I get it; fans are hurt, and, and and it's not not how I wanted to go about it. Yeah, oh, you could say I forced my way out, or whatever the case might be. It was a lot. It was a lot of both. I really tried to stay. You know what I mean? Like I, I just wanted the respect. I wanted you guys to to respect me in a sense. And come on, bro, like. I'm trying to build something here. Like I said, I I, I don't I, I don't I don't regret anything over there. All, all I do is, is is work hard, is work on my craft, and be the best teammate I can be, man, and lead the group um, as best possible. So it's pretty cool to come over here. And now there's not only myself as a leader, there's tons of leaders, bro. I mean, the list goes on and on. Honestly, quite frankly, it didn't really hit me of who I wanted to be and and, and who I am now. Until I got traded.
0: Let's check in with Emmanuel Sanders down in the Big Easy. The Saints have good reason to be happy after signing Emmanuel during the offseason. After all, the veteran playmaker has played in Super Bowls with three different teams. In their home opener, New Orleans beat division rival Tampa Bay in the Breeze versus Brady Bowl 34-23 as Emmanuel introduced himself to his new teammates by grabbing the game-sealing TD catch.
1: It's crazy because I knew it was going to be a touchdown. I knew it was going to be a touchdown. Uh, I remember walking out of the house telling my son, like, what kind of dance you want me to do? Because I know I'm I'm going to score on this play. And so it, it literally I came in motion and the DB. He had me man coverage. And so I come in motion like I'm getting ready to come all the way across. And then I go back and make the DB seem like I'm coming back. And then I just I just skirt across into the flat and uh, drew hikes the ball. And I was in the moment I was getting ready to like flip off in the end zone and do my signature flip that I was doing in Denver. And me and Sean Payton had a meeting probably like two weeks ago. He was saying that, you know, don't die for the pie line and just take care of the football and score. And in that split second, I'm getting ready to flip. I literally like have a flashback of Sean Payton saying that and I tucked the ball away and just just kind of just dive in the end zone a little bit. And I was like, dang. And so I had my dance planned out to my son. It just blew the whole thing up, you know, especially without the fans and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we won the game. So that's all I, I really care
0: about. Now, with Michael Thomas being sidelined with an ankle injury, Emmanuel is going to see his role expand in that Saints offense. Emmanuel, are you ready to pick up the slack now that Mike Thomas is going to be out a little bit?
1: You know, at the end of the day, like, I want Mike to be out there. I want Mike to be out there helping us out. You know, he's, he's a threat. And... But if he's not, you know, it's next man up mentality. And, you know, I, I've been playing this my 11th year in the league. And so, you know, I've had guys go out. Myself have went out. And it's always been a next man up mentality. We got to do whatever we got to do to get out the stadium. And it's going to be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Mike. Whatever they need from me. If they want to give me 15 targets, or if they need me to block, it's, it's about winning at this point in my career.
0: We must be a good luck charm because all three guys opened up with a win. Steelers fans were stoked with the free agent signing of 2018 Pro Bowl tight end Eric Ebron. Eric and the Steelers went on the road Monday night and beat the Giants in Jersey 26-16. Don't know if you heard, but big news out of Pittsburgh this season, Big Ben
2: is back. Man, it was fun. I don't I, it was fun. Anytime I play against the Giants, it's always fun because it's like I'm in my backyard and I'm, I'm at home. It's the place I grew up, like I know, like that's just, it just feels comfortable. I just so comfortable every time I play at MetLife. I don't like their turf, but it's comfortable. <laughs> it was a great night overall. Offensively, we started really slow, which was expected. You know, it was gonna take us some time to catch a rhythm, catch a groove. Our defense was dominant. We practiced against them all all summer So, or the summer we did have for training camp. We got to see that firsthand and, you know, for us to compete with them and be able to compete with them shows you how explosive our offense could be once we catch uh, rhythm. So I felt like we knew what we were playing for, man. I felt like the Steelers knew that, you know, we have one of the top fan bases and we just try to make you know, even though we had no fans, we just tried to make our fans proud, you know. So, and Nation, we appreciate you guys. We thank you guys, you know. So many tweets, so many comments, so many Instagram messages and, and things. And, you know, we, we try to go out there every time and represent, you know, our fans and represent ourselves the best way we can. Each of the head coaches our guys suit up for has won a Super
0: Bowl. The way these guys talk about them already, you have to wonder if there's more in store. Emmanuel, first impressions of Sean Payton?
1: You know, Sean Payton walked up to me and Mike. He was like, look, I'm trying to get the rust off just like you guys. And so, you know, the coaches didn't have an opportunity to call any games. You know, you say, oh, well, they should be used to it. Not really, because he has the new personnel then not only that, like, you just can't throw guys, you just can't throw guys in and say, oh, to the first game back, you're going to play 65 plays, so we had to have a huge personnel, um, like, different changes and whatnot, I didn't even start the game, and I think the first 10 plays, I probably had two or three plays, and those was first, like, 12 plays, and so, it was definitely adjustment with all that, but just sitting on the sideline and just seeing, you know, how they go about their business, even when we're up by seventeen points, fourteen points, they still. I remember, I walked into Drew, and it was like seven minutes left on the clock, and the game was pretty much over. And Drew walks up to me, and goes, "Let's go hang some more points up on the board." And I was like, "That's the reason why this dude is great because he still had that fire in his eyes of wanted to go and pass for more yards and and score more points." And so, uh you know, I'm gonna enjoy it. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like game by game, we're gonna get better and as we should. Eric had great respect for Mike Tomlin before he came to Pittsburgh, and now
0: he
2: gets to suit up for him. Mighty's my guy, man. I feel like we're going to have a great relationship. I feel like I could come to him about anything. I feel like he's very open and honest. He understands that he has 53 players and 53 totally different backgrounds, upbringings, 53 totally different, you know, ways of life. And he's He's so open to understanding everybody and understanding all of his players that you have no choice but to respect the type of person that Mike T is. You wanna you wanna play for somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? That it forces you to wanna wanna be a part of something like that. And you know, I talked to a few players before I signed with him, and I'm just like, you know, tell me something about Pittsburgh. Football heaven, best place you'll ever play. Uh you'll love it there. It's like the best <laughs> ever. Man, these there wasn't one bad report that comes out. And it starts with Mike T, you know, and that, that just trickles down to everybody else, man. So it's, it's an honor, man. I love it. I love it. Just one game in, Jamal is already a big Pete Carroll
0: fan.
3: Man, Pete is Pete, you know what I mean? Pete, he doesn't change. And it's pretty cool to have a coach that does not, you know, waver for any anybody or anything. Like he has his philosophy. Like how he wants us to practice, how he is every day when he walks into the building, he's the same person. You know, I respect him um on a whole nother level. He's really a guy that cares about his players, a guy that is, is the ultimate competitor. Our Saturday walkthroughs, when we go out there seven on seven versus defense, he's the quarterback. And he's 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 acting like he's Tom Brady or somebody, man, or, or Russell Wilson or somebody, you know what I mean? He's throwing no-look passes.
0: You know, he's just, he's just, he's enjoying it, man. And you can, you can respect that. I love it when players talk glowingly about coaches because that's a relationship that people don't understand is the most important one on the field. If the coach and the players are on the same page, I guarantee the squad is going to be better. It takes me back to my rookie season, Coach Mike Tice. I remember one time we were getting ready for the playoffs. Vikings versus Packers and he walks in with a newspaper clipping. I pick it up open it up and it was Ahmad Carroll for the Green Bay Packers saying how he was looking forward to lining up against me now he didn't say anything really out of pocket he said he's looking forward to having a good game he feels like he could cover me really everything the player is supposed to say the way that Mike Tice spun it was that this young rookie was talking shit and you're one of the best young wide receivers in the league or are you going to let him do this? He spun the narrative. I was mad. I took it out on my teammates at practice. I'm balling out, making plays, giving first down signals. And I remember him yelling to the team, "Bros is ready for Green Bay. And now looking back, as a grown man, it was all a motivational tactic. And these three coaches, just think about it. Pete Carroll, one of the best in the business. Come on now. Who's a better motivator? Mike Tomlin, I call him Barack O Tomlin because he is Barack Obama with a headset on. Champagne? Payton, come on, forget about it. That dude got brooms and bags of money he's bringing into the locker room. I'm here for all that. If the gimmicks work, keep doing it. So shout out to these players. More importantly, shout out to their head coaches. Now let's take a look ahead to week two. Jamal and the Seahawks host 1-0 Cam Newton and the Pats. The former Jet may surprise you on his feelings toward his longtime AFC East rivals. Bro, honestly, I'm going to be quite
3: honest, bro. I never told anybody this. I never hated the Patriots. I never hated them. I respect the Patriots. Like, you, you people hate the Patriots because they win so much.
0: And I respect winners. Like, I, I couldn't beat them. You know what I mean? I never beat them. But this is now a new-look Patriots team. How do you get ready for Cam Newton? We got to slow him down as
3: best as possible. Obviously, you know, uh, not only can he throw, but he can run. I'm very familiar with that with that group over there. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing 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 them again, playing against them again. Um, I know they're looking forward to playing me again, but obviously it's just different uniform. Uh, but the ultimate the ultimate goal is to to finally beat the Patriots. That's the goal. You know what I mean? I,
0: once I get that, I think I think I'll be all right. Eric and the Steelers, coming off a short week, have a home game versus the 0-1 Broncos, another team that played on Monday
2: night. On tap. I'm looking forward to week two, man. You know, we're at home and we have the Broncos and they're a young, talented team. You know, they lost one of their premier stars, but we look forward to that matchup because they still have some very good, good players on their on their defense. If you watch the Monday night game, I mean, they stopped one of the top running backs. And, you know, in order to, to be successful, you got to be able to run the ball in this league. So we look forward to our matchup with them and hopefully we come out 2-0 and, There'd be no better way to start the season than to win the first two games you play.
0: (laughs) Emmanuel and the Saints have a tough one Monday night against the Raiders in their first
1: ever home game in Vegas. That's going to take an adjustment to get used to. Again, they're 1-0. We're 1-0. Two undefeated teams going at it. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm used to playing against Oakland because I was in the AFC West and Durham for a long time. And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And not only that, like... Obviously, I wish it was still fans in the stands, but they got like a billion-dollar stadium or whatever. And so I'm looking forward to going to that stadium and seeing how it is and being in Vegas, even though they're trying to tax us in Vegas. I heard I overheard someone you know, say that in Vegas, they're pretty much trying to charge us $8 for a Gatorade and $5 for a bottle of water. Somebody's trying to make up for uh, the coronavirus losses. or So I don't know what's going on. That's small things to a giant. But like I said, we got to go out there and take care of business. Yo, guys, any other stories from this week? I don't know. It just didn't feel like it was Tom Brady out there. And that's just how I feel, you know. Tom Brady and Buccaneers, it didn't feel like Tom Brady was out there. It just felt like it was versus the Buccaneers. And that's just, that. that's no diss to, to, to Tom. That's just how I felt, you know. That's, that's how I felt. It didn't feel like it was Tom Brady out there. Now, if you put Tom Brady in the New England Patriots uniform, that feels more like Tom Brady out there. And I guess it's an adjustment for the entire world, you know? And, and, and I'm, I'm just like everybody else. Like, I'm sure it's a lot of people that feel like, man, that just didn't seem like it was Tom Brady out there, you know? Hey Jamal, what was it like checking that
0: beast, Julio Jones? Yeah, we, we had some many words, you know, he caught a pass
3: and, and you know, he tried to uh, lower his shoulder on me. <laughs> I tried to get underneath him and pick him up, but it was like a collision with me and him and, you know, uh, Jordan Brooks, our rookie, you know, collision. And then he got up and said, I'm really like that. And I told him I'm really like that too. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just competitive juices, man. Like I love that. And I told him after the game, I mean, obviously just keep doing your thing. You've been doing it for, for, you know, since I I wasn't even in the league. So I have a lot of respect for Julio, man. And um, that, that was a fun, that was a fun game to definitely, you know,
0: uh, compete in. From altered off season preparation due to the pandemic to playing in empty stadiums. The 2020 season is already guaranteed to be more surreal and unpredictable than ever. Social distancing and strict COVID-19 protocols made it a difficult off-season for the ultimate contact
2: sport, especially for guys who change teams. Let's hear from Eric on this one. So COVID in the off-season for me was wicked. So we were in the process of building our house. So we thought our house was supposed to be done in January. So we ended up moving into an apartment because they told us that our house was going to be done in three months because COVID kind of slowed down the process of some of our materials. So we're supposed to move it to our hearts in March now. We don't move it until April. So we're in a two bedroom apartment, me and my wife, two kids, for months. So then we finally get to move into the house. The house gets finished. I have to leave in a month to, to come to Pittsburgh. So, that's how my COVID off season was. And then boom, within that month, I'm preparing to come to Pittsburgh. So here I am and we're doing the video uh, meetings. We're doing the meet online and no one knows who the hell I am, but they all have some representation of who I might be. So my jokes are irrelevant. My personality is irrelevant. So really all I can do is just sit here and listen to everybody crack jokes because nobody knows who the hell I am. Emmanuel, what was your off season
1: like? Man, I was up and down like a roller coaster. And I still am up and down like a roller coaster. I think we all are still up and down like a roller coaster because I'm tired of it. I'm ready to run out of the tunnel when it's fans there. And obviously, you know, you got to think about people's health at first, but I'm just You know, my wife, she said something the other day. She said, I wish I could just fast forward until everything gets back to normal. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with her on that, you know, because I am the type of make ends meet, but it's not enjoyable, you know, when you're trying to just make ends meet, you know? And so we're just dealing with it for now. Jamal, you didn't know where you'd be
0: playing till this summer. How did that end? everything else affect you? It was tough, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I
3: I, I really went through depression. Like mental health is really real. I'm starting to become closer Um, to God, I'm starting to, you know, work on my faith and, and work on little things like that. Like COVID showed me who I wanted to be as a person and what I wanted to do in life. You know what I mean? And even outside of football due to the COVID, everything was tough. It was, it was, it was something that, you know, you had to find yourself. You had to, you have to, you have to sit back and reflect, reflecting showed me a lot about who I am as a person and who I wanted to, to be and who I wanted to
0: become. How do you get acclimated to your new team during a pandemic? It's foreign territory to even
2: the most experienced vets in the game. Eric? I had the worst time on virtual virtual football. <laughs> I would just sit there every day. Something stuck with me, but it was like, nah. And Honestly, I would much rather do that than report. I got to spend so much time with my family that you never get. Say you win the Super Bowl, you're done in February, but you have to report back in April. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't really give you any any leeway for family time. So that whole virtual offseason like if I was with the team already with the team that's beautiful. It was a great new understanding, a great refreshment of plays and understanding, you know, the little, the little tidbits that I might have forgot. But for someone trying to completely learn a new playbook, it was it was mind blowing. So I can I can see why people are struggling week 1 or
1: having problems and these issues keep up. That was tough. Emmanuel, how about you? The NFL has mandated a hard bubble. So in the hard bubble, and it even accounts for home games. So say, for instance, uh majority of the time, like uh, with the no coronavirus, if we have a Monday night game and it's a home game at 8 o'clock, we literally have to be at the hotel at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, we stay in the hotel. We can leave at like 7 in the morning, go home, hang out with the family, prepare for the game, and then drive and go to the game. Well, now it's a hard bubble, so you can't leave the hotel. Once you check into the hotel, you can't leave. Even when we go on the road, you can't leave the hotel. So my dad, he had booked his flight and everything to go out there and, you know, he thought that we were gonna be able to kick him. I'm like, listen, we in a hard bubble. Like, no one can come in, nobody can go out. And so it's smarter them to do that too, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're trying to play an entire NFL season. So far, so good, but we got to keep it going. Jamal, you know, we were being safe. Uh, you know, uh, with, with mask and, and
3: all, but we were still getting it in and we were still training and, and we, but we were being safe. But we knew we had to get ready, especially for the NFL guys. We knew we had to be ready just in case. Football in the NFL, like, we kind of knew like some way, somehow they're going to
0: figure it out. Speaking for myself, I thrived on playing in front of a packed house.
1: No idea what it'd be like playing in an empty Superdome. What can you tell us, Emmanuel. I missed the fans. I'm not even going to lie. Like, after I scored my first touchdown, I literally, I had a dance I was going to do for my son, and after I scored it, I'm used to the crowd going crazy, and it was just complete silence, and I got a little hype just because I knew, you know, that was, that could have been a dagger to win the game, but it still wasn't the same without the fans. I remember I ran out of the tunnel, and they still, they had the smoke coming out, and that made it even more weirder running out of the tunnel with the smoke coming out because you're so used to the crowd going crazy. And, you know, and I was just like, we could have, we could have, we could have went without that. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I got to do what I got to do, right? And it's one of them situations that I'm just hoping that eventually, you know, the fans will be able to come and at least join the games. But for right now, I guess I got to deal with it. But who that nation is, part of the reason why I wanted to come to New Orleans, you know, because last year we played them in that crazy game versus San Francisco, which it was Sean Payton versus, you know, Kyle Shanahan. It was nothing but big time plays all over the field. And I remember looking and just, just seeing the fans go crazy and hearing that dun, dun, dun. You know, and that that right there made me be like, man, I would love to play here. And so we got to get that back, hopefully, at some point. Eric grew up in New Jersey. So Monday night versus the Giants,
0: his team growing up, it was going to be a bit of a homecoming. He'd be getting hit up for tickets for sure
2: until, spoiler alert, no one could come. Like I said, it was like practice, but just more intense. It was like, OK, well. I'm not hitting my own teammates or hitting someone else. It's like, okay, we're running We're running these plays. Okay, this is just like practice. Like, you know, go th- through, see, uh, but it was more, just more competitive. I felt like we brought our own energy. We made our own energy. We made our own excitement. I felt like we were we were just in practice, man. Like, to us, we bring so much energy. And pra- I bring so much energy in practice. Like, to me, every day is the same. Like, I'm going to always be always be me. But then in a the game, it's, I'm intense. I'm way more intense than I am in practice. So people were telling me today, they were like, man, I loved your energy yesterday, man. You got me so juiced up. And I, I was like, man, that's just me. You know, the games just bring something out of me. Fans, no fans, man. It's just, it is what it is. Like we, football is football. Like we got to go out there. We got to produce, we got to win. And I, I like to win. So it, that, that's all I wanted to do. Jamal, how to feel
0: playing without a crowd? You miss it? Um, Didn't really know what to
3: uh, um, expect with, you know, no fans due to COVID. I think it's, you know, it's crazy. You know, like, you you know, you step on the field and you don't hear anything. I mean, absolutely nothing. You hear nothing but your, your teammates and your coaches. And then, you know, you hear the other guys who you're battling against. And you can literally hear a drop. I mean, a pin drop in the, you know, stadium. You know, due to having no fans, it didn't really matter because we were going to feed off each other's energy throughout the game because we're so used to having so much fun.
0: All right, before we wrap the show, it's time for Quick
1: Outs. Turns out the guys are big fans of Cam Newton. I'm like, I'm like, Dion. Cam, oh, Cam. Yeah, I'm happy for Cam, man. I, I just don't understand how the guy... Went from former MVP to you know making one million or two million, you know whatever. Uh, you know, and I just I, I don't feel like that would happen to too many guys. And so everybody know that that's that wasn't cool for even Ken to even have to go through that situation. So you pull for him, and I've always pulled for Cam. And so to have an opportunity to play for, for Bill Belichick and uh, the New England Pacers organization, a, a, a prestigious you know organization. And, go over there and try to make a change and try to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, you gotta go against the mighty Saints. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm definitely pulling for him. Probably more than I'm pulling for anybody else on any other team besides my boys over in San Fran. Let's see what Eric thinks. Yo, go ham cam. I got nothing but love for Cam Newton. I don't
2: understand how you, how you win the MVP and sign for league minimum. I don't get that. I don't get that. But hey, you come out here, Every day, and you prove something. You prove your worth. You prove, you know, everybody wrong. And there's no better satisfaction in this world than making people eat their words. You know, people that doubted you, the people that had something negative to say about you. You know, that that is just motivation all in itself. So go ham, Cam. We gotta talk about that yellow suit, fam. Eric, what do you think? Sweet five, yeah, five yellow. How many people can pull off yellow? Let's think about it. All right. Come on. Ain't nobody going to their closet like, ooh, yellow.
1: Like, no. Go ham cam. That's my guy right there. That's my boy. Let's hear from Emmanuel. Cam bright. He got that yellow suit on, man. Hey, one thing about it is you can't miss him on your timeline. You're going to definitely stop for a split second because hey, he, he, he bright. But Cam got his own little swag. You see how he goes about it. He got his own little swag. And a lot of people, you know, say he's too loud. But. It's like, man, leave the dude alone. Like, let him be him. I don't like when people try to stop people from being who they are, as long as it's not in a negative way. Like, he's not doing anything in a negative way. He's dressing himself up in a nice suit in a way that he wants to express himself and style himself. So, you know, at the end of the day, for people who saying, oh, yeah, he's too loud and this and that, who cares? Like, as long as he's making plays on the field, that's all that matters.
0: As we all were. The guys were also affected by the tragic passing of revered actor and Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman last month.
3: Ch- Chadwick Boseman, he's a, a a black, a black hero, a superhero. You know what I mean? He was our, he was our black superhero. He, he represented us in, in, in a unique way. Uh, he represented the black community in a, in, in a way that most people couldn't understand or put their put their hand on why he was doing certain things, um, and you know I wish he um, obviously you know was still here uh, because I would honestly try to reach out to him and try to pick his brain because he's so smart and and he under he understood what it means to be a black man in our society now.
2: Eric, I'm a big Marvel fan, so anything to do with Marvel that's my that's my thing, man. I'm. I'm big, big Marvel fan. So, man, I was crushed. Man, I cried at the end of Avengers. I, 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 I cried, almost cried when Chadwick. You know the news about Chadwick, but you know it, it was dope how they said he passed away. You know, it, it's no better way than to do it in the comfort of your family and loved ones. Um, I mean, it's not. It's no. It's not a good way for anything when you pass away. But it's just dope how you know they made it. Like. You know, it was peaceful. It was peaceful. It wasn't. You know, he knew. He knew. He knew. And it was a peaceful. You know, about. So, I'm. I'm sick, but I'm happy.
0: My co-hosts aren't just football players; they're hoop fans as well. So, you know, we had to find out who they're taking in the NBA playoffs. Emmanuel,
1: my heart is in Denver. Uh, gonna forever be in Denver. You know, I played six years there and won a Super Bowl there. And so I, I went to all the games there. And so I kind of want different to win it all, you know, truthfully. Yeah, but I, I want LeBron to win it all, too. And I want Jimmy Butler. So, you know, that's I guess that's the good thing that I can, I'm can. i rooting for all type of guys and may the best man win. Jamal, who are you taking? Yo, that's
3: going to be a good matchup. Miami's playing some good team ball right now. I got to roll with the Heat. I want— I, I want to roll with the Heat because they they've been playing some good ball. Uh, but if Boston wins it, man, it's not going to shock me. It's going to be it's going to be tough, man. That's a hard prediction.
2: Yeah, I will go Heat and seven. Eric, who you got? I'm going to take the younger, hungrier, more passionate game. I just believe that they are playing in a way on which they can't be stopped. And the Celtics is the first basketball game I've ever attended growing up. So. I want to see the Celtics versus the Lakers, and I feel like the Celtics are going to win. It's going to give me the curveball I need in 2020. I need that. I need that. I need that. I need everything else to damn happen. Let my Celtics get a ring. Why not, man? Why not?
0: During halftime of Washington's 27 17 come from behind victory versus the Eagles, Dwayne Haskins gave an inspirational halftime speech. It reminded Eric Ebron of a season-changing team meeting back in Indy.
2: Shout out to Dwayne Haskins for the halftime speech because that's big. Um, Knowing what your coach is going through and taking advantage of that situation to be a leader and to push your team—you know, no telling what those words were—but they won the game, so they had to be inspiring. And no real halftime speech, but a but a a moment like that. We were one in five with Indianapolis. We had a players-only meeting. Andrew Luck. Justin Houston, T.Y. Hilton, the three guys I believe that spoke. Really the only three that really needed to speak. Um, I'm not a really big uh, uh, pep-up guy. Like I don't don't do like, hey man, you know, let's go guys. Like nah, I just go out there and just do what I do. But those three were really good at pep-up talks. From that moment on, from that team that players only meeting on, I think we went and won 10 games straight and went to the playoffs. It was crazy. It was pretty dope. Justin Houston was more passionate for his defense, um, but the defense was really playing well. It wasn't on the defense, but he wanted the, the offense to understand that the defense had the offense's back. But I believe the biggest takeaway from that meet had to be Andrew. Andrew was coming back from rehab, understanding that mentally he might have been a little flustered in some games and made some decisions and some mistakes that you know Andrew Luck wouldn't usually make and i felt like that meeting opened him up to us um he finally, i felt like he shed this this monkey he had on his back or whatever it was and he was just so passionate in his speech that it was just kind of like all right we got to play for it we got to play for him because you know, all this stuff that Andrew done went through to come back and be able to perform with us and play with us. You know, we got to we got to we got to hold them down. And man, we just started dominating. That was pretty dope. Being an NFL
0: player automatically puts you in a tight fraternity. We all look out for each other. What's cool about this season of 17 weeks is that each of my co-hosts are friends off the field as well. Fellas, got anything you want to say about your co-host to close the show?
1: And I'm happy for my dog, Jamal. And that's no surprise that he had a crazy opening day for the Seahawks because when I played against Jamal, Jamal is a player, man. Like, I remember having to go in and block this dude a few times. It was like, man, I look, I'm tired of blocking you because he going to bring it. You know, he going to bring it. In. I think you got to – In that game, we both had a new, fine respect because he saw every time he would hit me, I would just be laughing. Definitely, man, happy for him to be able to, you know, leave New York and and go to a a championship caliber team, a team that really needed him. In my head, Seattle has always had a dominant safety. You know, when you think about Cam Chancellor and, and Earl Thomas and those guys, so he's kind of bringing that back for Seattle. Even though, you know, I, we we got to go and handle business and beat them boys at some point. And definitely, uh you know, Ebron, you know, me and Ebron got the same marketing agent. And Ebron spent a lot of time in Houston. So, you know, I got a lot of love for Ebron. And, I'm you know, I'm happy to be on the show with these boys. And then Nate Burleson, and he's a GOAT, uh, you know, in terms of doing the television stuff. I, I enjoy listening to Nate. And, you know, I admire the way that he goes about his business every day. Jamal. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Ebron, Ebron and Manuel, man, I'm real, I'm real cool with him. Uh, good guys, um, you know, obviously uh, e- uh, uh, Ebron just had a had the game uh, versus the Giants. I didn't watch uh, a lot of it, uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure he balled. Um, and, and, and then Emmanuel, I'm pretty sure he balled with the Saints. So um, two good guys, always competing, um, and, and, and have a lot of respect for them. So I wish them nothing but the, but the best. Um, ho- hopefully they stay healthy. Um, wish wish them nothing but nothing but blessings um and you know it's always love uh on my
2: end eric so jamal adams well me and my homeboys would like to call played inspired football that's what my homie one of my best friends tj man he said jamal adams is playing inspired football and i had to look up his stats and that was very inspiring he man he's he's always been a beast man i love i loved our matchups man when we go when we go head to head and um and when we've played each other uh, in the past, man, and he's so much fun. He, he, he's like, he he's the exact, I, he's the exact replica of me and a smaller body. Like we have the same personality and it's so funny. When we was at the Pro Bowl, bro, we was like, did we just become best friends, But We was just like the same person. Emmanuel, oh man, I was watching that right when dude tried to take my man neck off. Um. Ah, that was a nice interception. I I mean nice interception. Nice touchdown, excuse me. I love uh I love his caption afterwards. You know, uh that's that's my guy. Emmanuel has always been smooth, man. I I like I like I like Manuel Game uh since he was in Pittsburgh. That's how long I've been watching Emmanuel for, so that brings you back right there. That might bring him back too. So, <laughs> so yeah, man, Emmanuel Sanders—he a dog. I expect him to get more comfortable. You know, it's tough for us in um, week one coming from coming to new teams. But you know, we've done, we've been here, we've done it. And we know our time will come. And yeah, he got Drew Brees as his quarterback. That's dope. Shit, all three of us. He got Russ Russell out there killing, folks. Good lord.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. The show is brought to you by Uninterrupted, SiriusXM, and Pandora. You can listen on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure you subscribe so you can get notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. If you like what you heard, and I know you do, don't front, spread the love, and share the show. You know what I'm saying? I'm your host, Nate Burleson. Shout out to my co hosts, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. The show is executive produced by John Fontanelli. Our producer is Josh Rodriguez. Our associate producer is Logan Cashadell. Editing and sound design by my guy, Chris Watherspoon. The show is also produced by Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Brandon Gitches, Senior Director, Podcast Production at Sirius XM. Andy King, Director, Sports Programming at SiriusXM. XM. It's written by John McLaughlin. Special shout out on this episode to Dave Merrillis, Amanda Matos, and Karen Gill. All right,
1: till next week,
0: we out.